listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series, encouraging young people to consider church work vocation. And we'll get to that conversation in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Bill Harmon. He's president for LCMS Southeastern District. President Harmon, thanks so much for joining us on The Coffee Hour today. My joy. Thanks for having me. So we we certainly used the title president of the Southeastern District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you were also a parish pastor and have much experience to share with us today in our conversation serving as a parish pastor. Tell us about your service as a parish pastor. Where, where were you serving most recently before being elected to district president? I had the privilege of being the senior pastor at King of Glory Lutheran Church in Williamsburg, Virginia which is a beautiful place to live. You've never been to Williamsburg. You've got history, you've got amusement parks, and of course you've got King of Glory. So that's where I was. And as as you said, I have a new post of which today, this week is my first week in that new post. Congratulations on that and and a new vocation and a new way of serving the church. Can you tell us your path to becoming a church worker, to becoming a, a pastor in the church? I love telling this story because it's the, to me, the essence of how we share with other young men and women about considering church work. I would not be here today if it weren't for someone coming to me saying, you should consider this. We, we think you have these gifts. And as I sit in my new office, I think about those conversations, think, wow, if it weren't for all those people and for that journey. I'm from originally from Baltimore, Maryland. My parents were blue collar workers. We went to the local Lutheran church most of the time, not, not every week, but most weeks. And my parents decided that I would go to the church school. And it was really there that I began to to understand the relationship with Jesus Christ even better. And then from elementary and middle school, I went to the local Lutheran high school in Baltimore. And it was faithful teachers who not only taught religion in the classroom, but offered experiences beyond the classroom, retreats, Bible studies, time, access to to learn, ask questions, debate, you know, even struggle with them in that journey. And I was a freshman at Baltimore Lutheran, now Concordia Prep. I was a shy mama's boy, if you will. And I remember being at a lock-in and hearing about the message of Jesus and and his love for me. And I was so moved by that, that I wanted to learn more about it. And so throughout the year I did, so that by the end of my freshman year, I was helping give chapel services at the high school. And by my senior year, I was going around with a religion teacher of mine to other Christian schools sharing the gospel. And it was at that point that I realized if God could use me in such a way, he can use anyone, and I want to be a part of that. And so then I went on to go to Concordia, New York, and then Concordia Seminary, St. Louis, uh, to become a parish pastor. So that is, that's a really neat story. 
And, and before we go further, though, I want to hear your best Balmaries before we go on <laughs> to talking about being a, a Lutheran church worker oh. growing up in in Baltimore. In I, I got to hear something in your best Balmaries. Uh, so oh something like, hey, hon, got some water. No, I'm not going to New York on you. I just tell <laughs> my kids, we used to say water, not water. And hey, hon, you know, that was a big thing. But it's been a long time since I've been there, but I do love Baltimore. I'll tell you that. Th those high school years were very formative for you, it sounds like. That's where you really learned as a student. Well, even it, it, going to Lutheran school prior to high school as well, it sounds like, was was very formative for you. But those, those years during high school where you were given opportunities to serve alongside others, in and particularly in clear service to sharing the gospel, that, that sounds like that was really formative for you. Would you agree? It really was. You know, I, I was fortunate that I had a great church, great pastor, great youth minister, a, th uh, a youth program, a great high school. You know, all those things were accessible to me. But what made them particularly valuable was the investment that those who were at those places were willing to pour into me. And not only to me, I'm, I'm sure many others as well. I only know my own experience. And that is that they were available to hear questions or to, to walk with me during struggles. They provided opportunity for me to serve and to, to lead and to be part of the mission and ministry that was taking place. And it wasn't just one person. It was a, as I said, it was a teacher at the high school, it was a youth youth minister at the church or the pastor of the church, and even members of the church who would come up and say, you know, Billy, you should try out for this, or Billy, do you want to come in and be a part of this? And, you know, all those, all those conversations and all those opportunities helped to shape me and form me and help me to realize not only does God love me, but, but he desires to utilize me to, to not only experience that love, but to share that love with others. And, and so not only hearing about it, but then being able to, to do that really made a significant difference in my life. Mm -hmm. So then how do, how do you see that or how did you see that in your congregations as a pastor or encourage the adults in your congregation to be those people for, for the other younger people who are in the congregation? How did that influence congregational life then once you were a pastor? Well, I think we always try to, to raise up the significance of of encouragement within the congregational thought process, right? So one way is to celebrate those leaders who are giving of their time to teach Sunday school, celebrate those leaders who are giving up their time to be volunteers in youth ministry, you know, vacation Bible school, uh, the church nursery, right? Uh, most of them are unpaid. A lot of them in my former congregation, their children were already out of the program, but they felt so vested in in the opportunities that it gave that they were willing to do it. So celebrating them, encouraging them and equipping them was one piece of it. I think the next piece was reminding the church that having children and youth in the midst and even participating in some way is good and healthy and we should give thanks to God for that. I, I can remember one time standing up in front of the church, we had a group of kids who wanted to go on a servant project and it cost a little bit of money and we didn't have quite enough money and they were ready to 
they have a spaghetti dinner and a car wash. And I, I don't remember the full nature of the sermon, but I remember in the sermon saying, we, we should be rejoicing in this church that we have young men and young women who want to go and, and build wheelchair ramps and decks on homes. This isn't a pleasure trip. This isn't an amusement park trip. They're going to work every day that they're there and they shouldn't have to make you dinner to do it. And they shouldn't have to wash your car to do it. We should proudly, boldly send them out to be messengers of the light of Christ. It was something like that. Well, what you know, we got all the money that we needed. But I also think it helped build within the church that, yeah, our our youth and our children, they play a role in who we are and what we're doing. Hmm. So bring us to your your congregation where you served most recently and the relationships that you had there with the youth, with parents, and how you where did you see opportunities to encourage and support young people or encouraging parents to in their vocation as parents and raising up young people that they might consider church work vocations? We had a king of glory. We we had had youth ministers and youth ministry, but we worked hard to make it, I would say, a foundational piece of the church so that when families would come to the congregation, they would know that we had a vested interest in them. And by the way, we always use the term, we're partners with you. We're not taking your place. We're not taking your responsibility. We're partners with you. But in the most simplest of ways, because of how it occurred to me, I always made it uh, a point to to reach out to the kids in my church and say, you are important to us. You're valuable to us. Have you thought about going into church work? Have you thought about being a pastor? Have you thought about being a DCE? Have you thought about being a church musician? You know, whatever the whatever the role, have you thought about it? And what we did at King of Glory was we started out by just taking kids to dinner. I was blessed. I've been blessed the King of Glory with great DCEs. And when we first started this journey, Tara Wolf was a DCE. And we said, hey, let's just take kids out to dinner that we think might have an interest in church work. And so that's what we did. We asked a bunch of kids, hey, you guys want to go have dinner with us? And I don't know, we went to one of the local spots. And as part of the dinner, we said, we see something in you that we believe is God working so that maybe you'll serve in the church someday. And and by the way, our, our thought always was, the other thought was, you know, even if they didn't go into professional church work as a member of the priesthood of believers, you know, we might be speaking to the next council chair, you know, or the next VBS director of a church years from now. And so we would take them to dinner and it was, it was fun to do. And of course, my favorite part of those dinners was we'd always say to them at the end, oh, now you can order dessert. You'd see their, their faces like, we can get dessert too. Like, of course you can get dessert. And I, I would make the joke, you can, you can get two desserts if you make a commitment to church work. <laughs> and so that's how it began was a simple dinner. And we would take, gosh, I don't know how many kids we took out to dinner, but we took quite a few. And then that led to what would develop into an internship program at the church. We, we realized that although the dinner was important, and, and again, p- please let me say that we can never undervalue the significance of a, of a simple, encouraging comment to a youth in our church, right? We, we, 
we could often go the other way and say, you know, why are you doing this? Or, uh, or did, were they the ones who messed it up? You know, but, but to say to them, boy, you read well today, or I was so glad to see you singing in the choir, or, or when you serve as Crucifer is so meaningful to me, that means a lot to those young men and women who are serving. And then to hear someone say, boy, I could see you being in church work someday that look, I'm evidence that that, that can have a real significant impact, but we realized that, that there could possibly be more beyond that. And that is to, to actually give them the hands-on experience, to give them an opportunity to see what it's actually like. And so we developed an internship program where we invited at, at first, it was just one youth to serve in the summer. And so it, it became their summer job. We approached a member, a couple members of the church who we knew had a heart for church workers and church ministry. And we said, would you be willing to give a little bit of seed money? Our commitment was that we would eventually budget it in the budget. We just didn't have it at the time. And so these members were thrilled to do it. And so we hired a youth to be our summer intern. And the concept was over the eight weeks of summer, we would give them an opportunity to serve in every department that we had in the church and then some. So they served, they, they mirrored me for a week. They went with the DCE. They went with the, with the director of worship and music. They, they sat in the church office. They helped clean the facility. You know, every aspect of what we did in the church, they got an opportunity to do. They helped lead in, in worship. In fact, they had to be there when we got there on Sundays and not leave till we left so they could see the whole, you know, the, the whole, all that goes on in church, not just the hour or two that you might be there. And, and, and I'm happy to say we had, we had a lot of interns, but that first intern actually did go into church work, which is fantastic. They didn't all, but that one did. And he will tell you that, that, that summer was a transformational summer for him. And of all the places that he thought was the most enlightening, it was when he sat in the church office, <laughs> you know, to, to see the people come in, in and out and to answer the phones and to, and to see the day-to-day interactions that we have with people. He's now a DTE serving in the church. So that was the first piece, was a summer internship. That summer internship then broadened into full year internship. And then it broadened into a high school internship and a college internship. Because what we found is the, the high school interns that we had when they went to college, they came home and they wanted to serve again. They wanted to learn more. And so we offered all those opportunities at King of Glory and still do. That is amazing. Just that investment from something as simple as going out to dinner together, which I agree, dessert does make a difference because <laughs> I mean, you know, ice cream, but sprinkles are for winners. Absolutely. So, yes. You know, that dessert makes all the difference. But and the, as you said, the the encouragement, those those simple uh, compliments that you can give a young person when you see them serving or when you see something in them that might be very valuable in service to the church now and in the future. Not just thinking in the future, but also presently now, as you mentioned, if they're singing in the choir or assisting with something, to acknowledge that right away. We have more to talk about. I'm going to get caught up in the conversation and lose track of time, but we can't do that. So it is the Set Apart to Serve series on the Coffee Hour. Today, we're talking with Reverend Dr. Bill Harmon. He's president of the LCMS Southeastern District. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Gossett. 
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series, encouraging young people to consider church work. And uh, our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Bill Harmon, he's president of the LCMS Southeastern District. New president, by the way. So <laughs> this, this is his first week <laughs> yes. in office as president. And we, we wrangled some time with him to talk about encouraging young people to consider church work and the, the beautiful ways that uh, your most recent congregation really encouraged young people to consider church work from going out to dinner together with a group of young people that you identified some some specific gifts or, or qualities in that might that you might encourage them to consider church work in the in the future as well as the summer internships and year-long internships for high school students and college students opportunities for them to serve right alongside the the church workers and leaders of your congregation as well those are just two I think very valuable experiences so how did you how did the congregation come along as someone had this idea of the internship whether it was you or someone else in the congregation how did how did you build this culture and cultivate this culture of wanting to encourage young people to consider serving in the church full time as church workers i think the best way to 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 describe that would be when i go back to my church my home church in baltimore where where all those sort of transformational events happen for me you know at least part of them at that church and then other places that there's a pride there a a good pride not a not a bad pride a good pride of that's our guy right this is our son he we he was raised here and we, part of our dna is there with there, there's a joy for them in fact even at my my most recent installation for my new job, some of them came down because you know, that was little Billy Harmon. They got the, they knew me when, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I think that's sort of the same thing with our interns at my former church, King of Glory. You know, the idea is we, we just were transparent with the congregation and said, we want to provide youth in our church an opportunity to have access to to everything that we do. And by the way, our interns also came to our church council meetings, our elders meetings, and when appropriate, they sat on some care issues with me, you know, that was first vetted out. We, what we said to the congregation was because we're, we're investing in them now so that they can have a fuller understanding of who their church is and what it means to be part of a church. And we're investing in their future and the future of the church. And, and I have to tell you both, there is a there is a joy and a pride in every intern for that congregation because they feel that, that part of their DNA is with them now, right? And so there are times that I, that I even joke that they'd rather see the intern <laughs> than, than one of us you know, on the professional ministry staff because it's almost like they're children. And that has been the case for every single intern, no matter, the, no matter their skill set, <laughs> no matter what they eventually end up doing, you know, it was because we had a hand in helping shape that person in who they are and who they're becoming. 
Yeah, I, I understand that that sentiment now that my church has vicars and, and field workers because we're so close to the seminary. We all kind of get very excited when those when those men go on to their ordination and 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 they're they're kind of part of our church family even though they're off doing their new vocations so that I understand how that 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 feeling how has the congregation embraced this program and what changes have you seen in the culture in the congregation now that this is an established thing for them you know I think it's been interesting to watch the progression of the internship program with the congregation in that I think their investment got wider. They, there was there were more people who wanted to be a part of the conversation, greater willingness to say, oh, by all means, have them come and be a part of it. The most recent intern we had happened to be a student at William & Mary. The College of William & Mary is in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is where my former church is. And he happened to come to the, he was worshiping with us. And I took him out for coffee one day because he was a student and I said, hey, let's go have coffee. And while having coffee, he said, I, I feel this yearning to consider going into ministry. And I said, well, well, you're coming to the right church, my friend. You know, why don't you come on board and you can be a college intern for us. Happened to be there was a, that was available. And, and, and as he came on board and he served with us till he was a junior. So he served with us until he graduated. People were anxious and in a good way to have him come, longing, a better word, to have him come. Hey, make sure you have Zach come to what we're doing and, and, and make time for us to have conversation with him. They realized that that, that, that learning was important. And so they became, they became much more willing to become accessible to the intern. And by the way, I'm happy to tell you that Zach is starting his first year at Concordia Seminary St. Louis at probably today. I don't know when the opening service is, but he's out there doing it today. And part of King of Glory's DNA is with him. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> now all the young people are going to want to go to King of Glory. In <laughs> right. Of course they are. For <laughs> <laughs> the Southeastern District, come on. <laughs> so what advice would you give to congregations that that want to build that culture, that want to take those steps? What are the, the even just the little things that, that, that we can do in our own congregations to cultivate that culture of raising up potential church workers? Yeah, I would say start small, right? Don't, you don't need to pay an intern right away. And, and by the way, I, if, or at all, if you can't, sorry, interns, I think what you could do is the, the simplest thing is the, the power of encouragement. You know, obviously we want to, we want to flood this with prayer. And, you know, even as part of, part of my installation this past weekend, it was important that we had a specific petition for youth and children in our church and that God would raise them up in the vocations that he would use them to serve him and to shine his light of love. Right. But I, it's as simple as saying to a child on Sunday, you matter. We're glad you're here. To the restless child sitting somewhere, let me help you. Let me help the family. And then from there, you know, thanks for serving and have you thought about and you should consider and then make those connections and give them the time and the accessibility to learn and experience. It kind of grows from there, from a simple word of encouragement then to that hands-on opportunity. 
I think that can make the difference in their lives, just spiritually as they're growing as disciples of Christ, and then prayerfully as servants of the church in the church and well beyond the church. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Bill Harmon, president of the LCMS Southeastern District. Pastor Harmon, thank you so much for spending some time with us and all the encouragement for encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for this really important conversation. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. Thanks so much for being a part of the Coffee Hour today. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.